Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Trivelo Coaching Podcast. In this episode, we got to interview current Australian professional middle distance runner, Jordan Williams. It's always great to be able to get inside the mind of a professional athlete, and this was no exception. Jordan gives us incredible insight into his career so far, what life is like as a pro right now, his current training and racing schedule, his goal to reach the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, and a whole lot more. We want to thank Jordan for his time and openness. He was willing to give deep and honest answers to our questions and to the highs and lows of his career and life. In fact, we enjoyed talking to Jordy so much, this was our longest episode ever. So we hope you enjoy every part of it too. If you want any help in improving your cycling or triathlon performance, you can go to our website, travellocoaching.com.au or find us on Facebook or Instagram. For now, enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Trivelo Coaching Podcast. Uh, we're joined as always with the head of Trivelo Coaching, Jared. Dad, how are you doing? Thanks, Jordan. Good to be here. And we've got a special guest today, uh, Geordie Williams, who is a professional runner. Um, he's, he's got a lot of accolades to his name. Um, we've actually known Jordan since uh, we were kids because I ran with Jordan and we went to school together. Um, so we're stoked to have you on. Geordie, welcome. Yep, thanks for having me. Uh, Geordie, uh, you've, you've achieved a lot. Um, your most biggest most recent achievement was sixth at the Com Games, Com Games representative, which is huge. Um, your PB for the fifteen hundred is middle distance runner, so PB for the fifteen hundred three thirty six at the moment. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, eight hundred one forty six. One forty six. Yep. Yeah, so absolute lightning times. You've. Um, I can be a bit quicker. Yeah. <laughs> you've been Always. to the worlds a couple of times. You went to uh, college in America. You've um, done a lot in your running career, so we're really excited to talk to you and find out about your career, find out about what you've been doing, and uh, the highs and lows of being a professional. So. Looking forward to getting into it. Um, to start off with, uh, you're on a five-way race winning streak. Yep. Yeah. Nah, it's been a good little stretch there. <laughs> yeah. Run through the races, George. Yeah. So I actually had a pretty bad season over in Europe, but I finished my last race as a road mile in Newcastle, Yeah. and I won that. So it was good. Knocked off our training partner, Greg Ryan, Ryan Gregson. Gregson. So yeah. that was good. So that yeah. was the first one. and then Sprint finish? Oh, of course. Some road miles, always <laughs> a sprint. Right. Yeah. What was it's your pretty time? close. Uh, I think it was like 4.10, but yeah, it, was a, it was sort of a technical course, yeah, and yeah. we went over the, a couple of bridges and stuff, so you got big hills to the yeah, bridges, so yeah. yeah, not a very fast course, but yeah. more about winning, which, I, which yeah. I got done, yeah. fortunately. You two always uh, have a sprint finish, don't you? How many times have you had a sprint finish? Ah, uh, plenty, yeah. plenty. Commonwealth yeah. Games, trial. Yeah, he got me there. Yeah. yeah, he got me the Nationals, and I get him the one that doesn't matter <laughs> so much, so. <laughs> Who's won more? Do you know the record? Oh, he would have had way more, but, you know. It's probably since I've been really, like, you know, at the higher level, probably pretty pretty close. Mm. Probably still him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a jet, but yeah. Yeah, I get him every now and again, which is nice. Is yeah. there good prize money at the one mile? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty so good. So you win the ones with the prize money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, it's one way to look at it, I guess. <laughs> so you came back and then you... I came back to Australia and then had a little break, probably just a week off, and then, um, I don't know, got a few weeks of training and then... Melbourne 10k as part of the Melbourne Marathon so I won that ran 29 35 yeah. something like that was it yeah, PB was it yeah yeah PB um pretty again pretty sort of technical course mm. lots of turns and stuff it's yeah. not the not the fastest so I was pretty, I was actually really happy with that so um after that went to Bernie Bernie did the Bernie 10 that's a pretty big 10k in Australia and mm. won that you were fourth last year weren't you yeah but I was about a minute and a half slower so yeah it was a big improvement this year but yeah yeah around 2905 mm. i think which was another pb, PB yeah. which is cool um they played in my hands a little bit i 
you know, yeah, obviously. Win that day, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, so it was a tailwind on the way out. We're yeah. at about 14, 20, 14, 15 on the way out and then turned around to the headwind and a few three-minute Ks really slowed us up a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Which but uh, they pl- played it in my hands. I You're getting a nice sit there? Yeah, which is, I don't know why they would let it happen like that because that is my kind of race. I, I don't, I'm pretty good in a, I back myself in in a sit on sprint. In a big sprint, so. Yeah. They would was, know that, wouldn't they? Yeah, which is, uh, you know, a lot of the guys, like Liam Adams is a marathon guy. He knows he's not, he's no hope and yeah. a few of the other guys. So, yeah. you know, well, worked for me, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then... Did you talk to them after and did they say, um, we shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that? We shouldn't I, have I was done. just in disbelief because I couldn't believe they actually won it. Yeah. I was, I, I knew I'd be close and I'd have to really be pretty tough to hang in there. But I remember just the whole last 5K, I was just like, it'd be like 5K. I'd be like, oh, wow. And it was a three minute K after we turned. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. And then get to 4K, feeling all right, 3K, feeling all right, 2K, feeling all right. I'm just like, what are these guys doing? Like, mm. And after the race, I was sort of like, it's a, it's a really hard finish. It's 400 meters uphill. And I kicked it 400 and way too far out for me. <laughs> dumb, dumb move. Was but yeah. yeah, I got like 10 or 15 meters in front at one point, And then they started coming back at me and I hung on. And um, yeah, I was sort of like, I was almost shocked afterwards. Shocked that I won it, but shocked that they... Let sort of let it. me do it like that yeah. so yeah i don't know That's had they, pretty had they happy. kept the pace up would you be able to hang on because it was really quick oh if they had a if they had a run kept going like 28 30 pace yeah. no chance like oh could many of them done that anyway like could... yeah the a few of them like if they really pushed they probably could have there's a few good guys there so i don't see why they couldn't have but yeah. was there any period in that period of the race where you thought if they just push a bit more I'm yeah gone. yeah in the in the first 5k like from from about 4k to 5k I was sort of like... On the edge. Yeah, I was, I was on, the, on the limit. But, you know, going pretty close to 14 minutes for 5K, like that's, that's about as fast as I can go. And you still got 5 And hang on, go. and hang on for another 5K, yeah. So mm. I was definitely on the limit there. But once we turned around, we slowed up a little bit and, yeah, started feeling pretty good. It's pretty awesome to be on your limit at 4 to 5K and then go to win. Most yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, that, that's the sort of runner I am, though. That's how it has to be. If I can, if I can just hang in there. Yeah. I'll be okay. Yeah, you just sort of get a new set of legs with her uh, when you can see the finish, yeah. which is nice. And yeah. then, um, yeah, I think a weekend or two later, or the during the week, we went up to Brisbane and did a uh, fifteen hundred on the track, which mm-hmm. I only just won that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, happy with the time there? Yeah, it was not too bad. I was uh, I have I've really not trained much for the yep. track or anything. Yep. You just steer yeah. clear of it at this time. So yeah, three forty four. So that was pretty good. Yeah. And then. Um, Later, you know, on the Saturday, I won the Noosa Bolt as part of the triathlon, so yep. it's pretty cool. That one was probably a bit easier than the, the, the previous two, yeah. Mm. It was just, there was two of us left, you know, sort of yep. five or six hundred to go. I just thought, you Thank beauty. You <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, go from 400 out or? Um, there was like a nice downhill. You come off one of the bridges and there's yes. like a nice downhill, probably three three to four hundred meters to go. Yep. But I I could tell, like we got rid of a lot of the guys, sort of a K to go and the guy that I was with, he was really sucking in the big ones, sort of. You had him. 500 to go, so I was yeah. pretty confident. So I just gave it a squirt, like 400 to go, and sort of got enough of a lead. I was yeah. all right. And held it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sort of lapped it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a really good uh, period of... Uh, Five in a row, yeah. Of, of yeah. racing and winning. Tell us what you do in between those races, knowing that you've got that big schedule. Yeah. Was there much training going on in between? Yeah, so like right now for us, it's sort of just this is a good opportunity for 
a track guy like myself that's come off a European track season to get some training in and mainly win these races to get a bit of money because yeah. it's not the most lucrative sport running. So um, we'll do these races, make a bit of money, sort yeah. of covers you for uh, Falls Creek and yeah. we go to a couple camps at Falls Creek and going overseas and stuff like that. So yeah. that's the main reason for them. So like obviously training and winning the races. So I didn't really take much of a didn't miss a beat really through that whole period so i was pretty much full training kind of hitting 140k weeks and, all the way through and so you you're lining up with these races not really fresh are you if yeah you, not you, really training like the one. the only really uh thing i would miss is if you know before melbourne i just did a normal week leading the whole way in except the saturday i just ran for like 45 minutes rather than do a session so one day taper <laughs> one day taper and then for Bernie, it was I knew we knew it was going to be a bit harder race, so I probably had a little bit more of a taper. So normally on a Thursday we'll do four laps of Caulfield Racecourse. Yep. Yeah. So it's just just over two k a lap. So you know ends up about nine, yep. nine and a bit k. Mm. Um, I just do drop a lap less, so three laps. So you did one less. <laughs> yeah, one less, and then just jog around till the race. So yeah, a little bit of a taper, but not not much. Yep. Yeah. It's impressive because you're a 1500 meter runner. You're not a 5 or 10k runner, but you've been put in these races. Is it your own decision because of the money or um, is it your coach as well? Is it what is it? Oh, it's a bit of both. Like I I was wanted to do them. If I didn't want to do them, I don't think Nick would have made me made me do them or anything yeah. like that, but no, nah, that's why that's why you train, isn't it? So you can race and yeah. get the best out of yourself. So I could see myself running run well at these races, so I really wanted to do them. Um at the same time we're not really i know i'm a track guy 1500 800 sort of thing but i really train more like a 5k runner like the conventional 5k runner mm. so massive k's yeah like i'll in a big training block i might be hitting 100 mile a week you know sort of thing three sessions in the gym a bit as well so i think i can with that kind of training i can definitely handle myself over 10k yeah you know at a at a high level not a super elite level but a pretty high level so yeah. enough to win a Win Bernie, yeah. obviously. Yeah, do you talk in miles because of your college experience? Is it? <laughs> no, I just, I just, I mean, 160k, but yeah. I would normally cage for everything else, but 100 miles just sounds cool. Sounds <laughs> <good>. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Uh, so, someone like uh, Al Garouge, who's the top of the tree in the 1500 and uh, Rudisha in the 800, mm. their times, are they something that you aspire to? Um, oh, not really. They're kind of unachievable. For me, like I'm not unaware of that. You know, you sort of play within your limits a little bit. I know yeah. I'm probably not going to run 325. <laughs> it's a bit much, but uh, you know, or a 140, or a 140, yeah, 139, whatever yeah. you have to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I play within my means a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say I can't do well. Like my goals are pretty high, but uh, yeah, I just sort of unrealistic trying to run that quick I, I know i'll never do it <laughs> so yeah i'm not to too concerned about, about it yeah. yeah you think about the yeah. very top so i suppose look one of the questions we really would love to hear is what are your goals in 800 and 1500 what is that is that the area you want to concentrate on is that more more than 1500 yeah. i uh yeah i'm probably just not quite fast enough for the 800 um surprising because you're pretty quick <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's just it's like i have a really good turn of speed so, like, going from, you know, a solid pace of the 1500 to your full sprint, I can do it really quick and, 
you know, my sprint's pretty quick, but I can't run. I think to be a good 800 runner, be competitive in like the World Champs and Olympics, you need to be able to run about 45 seconds for 400, mm. which I'll, I can't do. <laughs> mm. There's no, uh, you know, no shame in that. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, for the 1500, I'm much more like suited to yeah. with the way, with the way I am, the yeah. way I run and stuff. So, so with your coach, Nick Badeau, yep. um, the structure that you're telling us now is you're trying to train like a 5k runner. Yeah. You think that strength will help you in the back end of the 1500? Is that, is that your, is that what your philosophy is or? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's kind of hard. We don't really have set philosophies in our training or anything. We just get out there, train hard. We've sort of got a, a structure we stick to. There's nothing crazy specific. There's, there's not like a really crazy specific formula that we that I don't, I don't think anyway that you need to stick to but there's sort of like parameters around it so like for us especially it's like run a lot you know 160k try and try and run a lot like a lot of yeah. jogging stuff yeah. like that and then you sort of do a session on the on the hills so you do some hill yeah. reps yeah. the longer the better we try and get to 800 meter hill reps you know might do six to eight times that's really important for your strength and actually yeah. your speed yep um we do a sort of aerobic rep session so like your k reps or something like that yeah um for aerobic power so yeah k reps mile reps things like that and time of the year that changes a little bit more to track specific so we might do a bit shorter stuff but there's still plenty of volume there we'll do 8k yeah at, at least maybe eight or nine sometimes 10k on the track and then we do a threshold session every week and yeah that goes for about 10k so and with the threshold session would that be specific to 1500 yeah, spe- yeah specific yeah. heart rate. well not to 1500 just specific to heart rate pretty much our our group all trains about the same we got everyone from you know 1500 to marathon so yeah. we all train the same but it just gets a little bit different when you sort of like the last block into into Races. racing and stuff yeah. like that so the marathon guys would do their like six week block which is yep you know marathon specific the 5k guys they probably only run you know two hours on the sunday that's probably the only difference and mm. might do an extra double in the week somewhere whereas the 1500 guys we start doing a bit of lactic stuff on the track you yeah. know when it gets yeah. that time of year but yeah. if you looked at us all in january we're all doing the exact same training yeah. Yeah. and that could be the marathon or the 800 wow like yeah so so endurance wise your your long run would be um probably like 20 20k 22k yep. 24k sometimes and what's sort of pace what sort of like, pace you run a nice comfortable pace or? yeah for yep. 30s 420s sometimes if you're feeling good you get going a little bit at the end yep. but not yep. nothing you couldn't handle or yep. you know I'd, most people could keep up it's not outrageous yep. yeah and that's important for people to understand that you're not doing every session the same no no um yeah there's like it's not super complicated i think a lot of it for us is just the mentality more than anything you gotta get get the right environment the one percenters actually Mm. count a lot in the end and yeah what is the mentality that you have to get right um you gotta want to be there that's a really important one you see it a lot people you know aren't trusting with like the coach and they question something but you just can't you just have to have a lot of belief in your coach and a lot of self-belief and that's the sort of mentality that is the difference like if you don't if you don't believe in what you're doing 
it's not going to be good. It's not going to work for you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, there's a lot of ways to train, but there's sort of only one way to think about it. Really, just have there been times when you've been questioning yourself? Yeah, heaps. I think it's pretty normal. Yeah, yep. and it's uh, but that's another thing of having a good coach. They'll uh, they'll pick up on that and tell you what you need to hear. Like Nick, my coach, Nick Bado, he's very uh, he's tough, but like it's never it's never anything you don't need to hear. Like it's always the right mm. thing mm. you know sometimes he's harsh and he'll swear at you and whatever but like yeah. you know you gotta you gotta hear it that's, yeah. that's as far as as far as yeah. I'm concerned I've never I've never thought he said anything to me that's unfair like he might be really mad at me or whatever very few times this yeah, happened yeah. this isn't like a usual yeah, thing yeah. but just for you know what are some examples for the example. of why he is it because you've not trained the way that you you decided together to train not, not really like I think at, at the level we're at and our training group, pretty much everyone's trying on the track as hard as they can. Rarely you see someone not giving their all on the track. But yeah, it does happen, but I feel like I've never... So it's more about the effort. It's just other things, mentality, yep. you know. Sometimes you're not focused, focused mm-hmm. on the ball. You might be hanging out with your friends a bit much or, you know. I uh, had my girlfriend overseas with me for a bit this year and I think that was a... A lot of a few problems arose from that, but <laughs> a bit of a distraction. Yeah, something like that. Well, at least some people thought so. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting because it's not your coach isn't there to be your friend, eh? So Yeah. Wow. Well, it it is and he isn't. He's is, like Nick's a like very I'm very close with Nick and at times he's I can ask him, you know, real f- stuff that I could only ask a good friend and then yeah. other times he's he takes takes a step back and he's coach, yeah. so yeah. yeah, it's a good balance. Yeah. But yeah, I think the, the, the mentality is the most important thing and a lot of trust. So that's mm. the mentality of trusting your coach as a whole and just trusting what you're doing. But then specifically the mentality throughout the week, how do you go with that? Because you've got to be on for all your sessions. Obviously not every session is hard, but yeah, what's it like? I mean, especially you're running full time, you're not working really outside of running. Are you? Nah, no, not yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what's that what's that mentality like just focusing on your training every day yeah I mean it's not uh, it's like a it's a dream job really like it's mm-hmm. I, I, I love running so I get to do it every day and not really worry about too much else yeah. Um, so yeah it's it's not super mentally tough not taxing really yeah. um, you do, just, you, do you think about this isn't going to last forever so I've got to make the most of it is that a thought that you have in your mind at this stage in your career? Um, yes and no. Like I, I sort of, I know I'm not going to run forever and there's a few things that I haven't done that I, that I want mm. to. So obviously they're in the back of my, my mind. But I think it probably come, for me, definitely, it comes undone a little bit if you if you start putting too much pre- like self-pressure like pressure from within. Mm. So, you know, like take the last uh, the last six, six weeks to two months, for example. I've sort of, it's it's not the most serious time of the year for us you don't want to be going too crazy so because it's just unsustainable more mentally than physically Mm. for for a whole you know for a whole year so i've just sort of been showing up to training just getting it done like i hit my times and i don't really worry about i'm not trying to set the the track on fire push it too much i just sort of show up be social Mm. hang out with the guys you know get the session done that's important too though yeah 
Yeah. You've got to have the love there all the time. Otherwise, yeah. if you fall out of love with what you're doing... Oh, it's you're, very hard then, isn't it? You're going to go backwards, aren't you? Yeah, and it's I've, I've said it to a few people now. I've actually, in um, 2018, I absolutely roasted myself up at Falls Creek and I was just getting so carried away too early. Like, I was just really pushing training, like, really hard. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it's just not sustainable. You just run out of steam, you get tired. So I've actually, yeah, learned a pretty good lesson, you know, the last couple of months from, uh, from the guys in our group. We have, like, the sort of... We've got a, a pretty big group, but like the core group that goes overseas is pretty small and they're like the professional yep. arm of it, I guess you'd say. But like we've got another group of guys that we usually train with in Melbourne and they're sort of like, you know, your, your top 10-ish club yeah. runner yep. sort of guy. So I've actually learned a lot from them recently because they, a lot of them, when they were trying to train like us, they just weren't getting injured and weren't as consistent and not as good not as good results as they should be getting and then they start working take a step back and they actually improve because they're not yeah. as invested in it and not so serious so mm. i sort of Too have intense almost. Yeah. yeah and like yeah don't get me wrong there's the, definitely the times of year where you need mm. to be intense and mm. be very serious but like right now it's not one of those and i've really uh really learned something off a few of the guys that you know mm. sort of the step mm. down that's great yeah so so form you just can't hold it for a whole year so do you break your season up into these are the periods where i want to be in the best form yeah and and you've touched on it a little bit now's not the time to be informal though you still want to win cash yeah yeah so it's kind of a hard balance there to be in, yeah in sort of okay shape to win the races that are going to give you an income yeah so there's a fine line between doing what's right for you and what's going to give you an income isn't it yeah, like uh, it's definitely and and yeah, it is a fine line, and I, it's easy to cross, and I have done it quite a few times. But um, yeah, I think just especially learning off these guys, you know, that it's probably a lesson I wouldn't have expected. Mm. But um, yeah, you just you can't be mm. you can't be reaching into the well all year because yeah. it just yeah. dries up at some point. <laughs> yeah. But also, you're you know, if I could, if I was your coach and I heard you so motivated at Falls Creek that you are really pushing it. Yeah, that would excite me. Yeah, um, yeah, to a point. But when when is your races? And you were doing that for the European Diamond League season. Is that what you were? Is that what you're kind of preparing for? Yeah, yeah. Well, pretty much. But 2018 was more the Commonwealth Games. Yes, yeah. So yeah, like I came back from Europe in 2017, and I uh, was really, really wanted to make that Com Games team because yeah. I knew it would be pretty competitive because yeah. the qualifying times a bit bit softer compared to the world champs in the yes, olympics so yeah. so that was your motivation yeah and yeah. i was just yeah and you succeeded yeah you i made, made it in the end like luckily yeah. i uh didn't get too carried away but yeah i certainly crossed that fine line that's for sure but yeah it's was that, uh was that the difference though you your motivation was enormous you, you're yep. saying you pushed yourself to the limit you got the goal of making the team you actually yeah. got in the final and, yeah and do you think if you hadn't have had that extra Falls Creek and pushing yourself to the limit do you think do you think that was a good thing for you or yeah it probably it probably was because I was able to pull back a little bit so it told me like you know that's it's mm. probably enough take yeah. it take it a bit easy like even yeah. Nick stepped in and said like mate you don't need to be going this hard like yeah. just relax so yeah, yeah and, and you know like our group's really good as well if they if you if you if you see one of the other guys or one of the other girls like 
pushing it a bit hard. Like they'll you'll get the tap on the shoulder from one of the older guys. They'll be like, "Hey, you don't need to do that yet. Mm. Like relax." Yeah. And you now I had a bit of that from the guys, so I was able yeah. to pull it back in enough. But so you're saying there's certainly times where you need to be really pushing it, but there's other times where you just have to just let it come to you yeah. M- more. Yeah. Mm. No, that's yeah. great. How often would you would you spend a period pushing it as hard as you can? Because it sounds like it wouldn't be very often. Maybe once throughout a year or something. Yeah, maybe one camp one camp a year. Yeah. So like usually when we're in um, we do a little camp in Spain, sort of in the middle of the yeah. track season yeah. in Europe. Where do you go there? Um, this place called Hoyos del Espino. It's like probably two hours from Madrid. Oh, okay. Yeah. You sound like you're fluent in Spanish, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually funny. I like think I'm useless. And then someone was trying to speak Spanish to me the other day, like being a smart ass and like understood everything they said. I'm like, you know. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. How long are you in that camp for? Um, probably a month. So I've been there in 2017. We're there for a month or close to, uh, yep town close by and then we're in Hoyos for uh, two months in 2018 and, and that's altitude too isn't it yeah it's yeah. not really high it's probably similar to Falls Creek yeah okay like that's I mean I guess that's, that's for Australia that's mm. high but when you're in Europe and stuff they go way higher yeah, and yeah. like America they've got like you know yeah. 2500 metres which is pretty high mm. but mm. you know we found that the that 1600 1800 metre sort of mm. Altitude, that's pretty good. It's not too much. Nah, so there's a... I'm not sure exactly what the... There's like an exact point, but I think it's about 2,000 metres. When you get up that high, it starts really hurting your recovery. So you need to like back off the training and have a bit extra recovery. So as long as you're below that, you can still pretty much rip it like... Yeah. Like you do at sea level. Yeah. And you're not, so it doesn't impede your recovery too much. You're training at, at altitude and you're also sleeping at altitude in that period. So yeah. Um, you know, is there periods during the year where you should be sleeping at altitude as well? Or have you, have you experimented with sleeping at altitude? I, no, I never have. Some some of the guys in the group have, and yeah. um, some, pretty mixed uh, mixed reviews on it. Like yeah. some of them, like they do it pretty scientifically. They're not just yeah. doing it for a laugh. Like they have their hematocrit tested before and after. And Great. Yeah. some people see a you know marginal increase. Some yeah. none. Yeah. And everybody uh, yeah respond differently. responds differently. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've not done it myself. We've got a at the VIS. They've just got a altitude and heat chamber. So yep. I've been thinking about going to that, but yeah, like goes back to the getting carried away too early. I don't mm. think I want to do it yet. Yeah, <laughs> touched sure. on the one percenters before. Are you do you do have any go tos that you loved? Does the whole group have to do a certain amount? Obviously, strength and conditioning as well. Yeah, um, I'm pretty big into the strength and conditioning because. I feel like a lot of my power comes from gym work. Um, some guys in the group don't do it as much. Like Nick encourages it, but it's well, strongly encourages it. But I guess it's not mandatory. If yeah. you don't want to do it, you don't Is have to. Is someone helping you with that? How, how yeah, are you so I've, about that? I've got a gym coach for the VIS, um, Corey yeah. Innes. He's yeah. a he's a jet, good bloke. He uh, he's invested in you. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. So we've been we've been together for a couple of years now. So it's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah, I, I really like the gym because. Like in running, because we do the same thing, it's super repetitive. You don't see improvements always. So I like the gym because you can get some mm. you get some improvement somewhere, and it you know, gives you a bit of motivation. You know, yeah. things Pushing are going in the right direction. To twenty five, it's awesome, isn't it? I can't, mate. Get heavy in that. <laughs> How do you? I'll talk about myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's a. I was I was thinking about that though. How do you? Um, 
how do you go about that when because you're you're in your adult life you've become a professional and so you could run a pb and a lot of athletes you see on diamond league it comes up pb from 2016 or something or 2014 yeah and you go year on year without improving how do you go with that uh, mentally and then what do you what do you aim to do to like to get that pb um yeah um so in 2012 i ran 336.7 yeah when i was like yeah i was only 19 i was young as and that was my pb until 2018 yeah so i had a really long period where i had the same pb and but like time on the clock is one thing i know some people really look to that and Mm, that's that's the the be all end all but i like racing yeah i achieved a lot in that Mm. six years without running a pb and you know some people might be like oh you you like plateaued a Mm. lot there but i'll be like nah no way like i won medals at world relays like Mm. Mm. had lots of great races in um college and made a world champs team so like i don't see any plateau there i see and that's the thing with uh, with athletics isn't it on the track it's not all about the time because most championships are never won in world record times olympics um, yeah it's very rare isn't it rare very rare um and you know it's about the race yeah you know you're there to win the race and the time's a bonus, I suppose. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the time is of some significance because you need it to qualify for yes. a lot of things. But, uh, yeah, like the 2016-1500 was one in 350, mm. which mm. is like mm. the girls' uh, women's world record's faster. Like mm. the, yeah, that's a great example. The, there's an Australian mm. guy at the Para World Championships right now. He ran, five, he ran 347 last night. So yeah. it obviously goes to show that, like, yeah. that's – you know, slow. You don't got a race, yeah. But like, yeah, but no one remembers that. They remember who was world who champion. Won. Yeah, 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 exactly. Matt yeah. Central is like he's a yeah. Yeah. name's etched in the yeah. in the books forever. Who cares yeah. about the time. Yeah. yeah, and he's probably he was probably he probably had the slowest PB in the in the field. Wow, but wins the wins the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's two different types of racing, isn't there? There's racing to qualify for a selection, like an Olympics, a Commonwealth Games, or World yep. Championships. So you have to run those races thinking about the time mm. a lot more than the tactics don't you as yeah. compared to when you're in a championship race it's all about the tactics yeah so that's that's where i that's where my strong sort of strong point is i'm i'm much better at the the tactics and the racing rather than the racing the clock it's always been my sort of yeah. weakness i guess um so in in 2017 when i made my first like individual world champs team um i was 40 so they they've there's a qualifying time, so it's three thirty-six, and then they want to fill the fields with four, like for the fifteen hundred forty-five people, so they can have three heats of fifteen, mm-hmm. and so they take forty-five. And I was forty-sixth on time, and I like we thought I was going to make it, and then they put in a few people. So there's some other funny ways of qualifying. So like they let in a few people that are like refugees and a few area champions, but it's not like the americas it might be like central america so they mm. they can't they can't break four minutes mm. for the 1500 so mm. like i thought you were gonna say it's more political than that but no no like yeah yeah more. i mean it, and like countries like that they they need avenues like that yeah. to qualify otherwise the sport wouldn't exist there so yeah. i like i understand yeah. i'm not uh not protesting that or anything yeah, yeah. but um yeah i was 46 and like probably a week before the championships i get a phone call like oh do you think you can race world champs? I'm like, yeah, I'm in good shape. I'd like love to. And they go, yeah, someone's uh couldn't get a visa, so like he can go. I'm like, oh, awesome! Like, sort of a you good know, dream come true for yeah, lack of a better yeah, word, for yeah. lack of better words. But um, 
yeah, and then when we get to the championship, it's all tactical. So I ended up, I like came thirteenth in the end. So wow. I went from forty fifth, yeah, to thirteenth. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, and then now there's like a few of them have been um, done for drugs and stuff. So probably crept up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I was I was actually first to miss the final. Right. And then now that a few of them got yeah. in a bit of trouble, I probably should have been a been finalist, finalist, which is yeah. you know sucks now but yeah yeah that's disappointing isn't it and and knowing that you are potentially racing against people who are potentially cheating yeah how does that make you what does that how does it do for your motivation and for your feeling about what yeah yeah i mean it's obviously an issue and i don't know i don't know if it ever not be an issue it seems like Mm. they're always ahead of the game a little bit but um yeah I try not to worry about it too much because you have to race them anyway. So whether they're on it or not, like I've beaten a lot of you know con- drug cheats before <laughs> in a race, so it's pretty satisfying, y- isn't it? Yeah, and like nine times out of ten, they're going to be in the world champs anyway. So you have to race them. So mm. you don't want to be beaten before the start before you've mm. started the race. So you really can't dwell on it too much yeah so that's the beauty about what you're saying your strengths in racing though because they might be yeah. enhanced physically but they don't they might be as good a racer yeah so yeah it always helps <laughs> yeah your mental toughness has been outstanding look as jordan said at the start um i've known you since you were probably eight or nine at little <laughs> yeah not little and, tackers we were, and, the, uh, we were the smallest kids there <laughs> yes um, i was just talking to jordan about that actually jordan raced last night at the pb meet and jordan was one of the biggest on the start line there you go yet when he was 17 he was the tiniest and you mm. were not much big although you had growth spurts about six months ahead of yeah him. yeah so it was always funny seeing you two little guys <laughs> um but certainly um you know knowing your your uh will to win almost has been evident to me yeah from when i first saw you running at little Aths and you really lost a race no matter how badly positioned you were you would always come through and win the sprint finish and yeah <laughs> and you carried that through you know to your secondary years and you both went to school together um and the aps in victoria is a pretty high standard of uh, competition and yeah. there's some really good um guys who've gone on to commonwealth games and olympics um from that group of runners and you were very successful during that period is that something you look back on as a really good grounding for what you're for what you're able to, to do now yeah I, I think all all the way through my career i've been lucky to be exposed to a lot of really good like standard competition for you know whatever age i'm at be that little ass like you know vp at vpssa i think it is like the mm. primary schools and, yes, the, and yeah. the high schools and yeah. And then APS, obviously, and then I was I was lucky, lucky enough to go to college, and yeah, just lots of um, lots of really good standards of competition. You just you sort of pick up things all the time, and that that's probably a big big reason. Obviously, like you said, maybe maybe I got a good like a really desi- a big desire to win mm. at all costs, sort of thing. Well, not at all costs, but you know, yeah. just yeah. I try my best to to, yeah. to win every race I can, and um, yeah, I think. As I've gone along, I've picked up a few things and just got better and better. And maybe, maybe that's now why I see that as a real strong suit of mine. You're exactly so right. You've had to the craft, races, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you've had to win from all different uh, scenarios. Um, yeah. And you've won a lot of good races as a junior. Um, you know, I, there's some standout races watching you at Olympic Park and the APS 800s and yeah. winning a sprint finish and beating some, you know, some unbelievably good runners. Um, and your time when you went from um, you know secondary school to getting that uh, 
great opportunity in America. Mm. Um, tell us a little bit about how that how that happened and how you got to go there, and and we'll ask you some questions about your time there. But yeah, um, so I think I was always like good enough to be able to go to America, and but I, I wasn't really thinking too much about it. I, I was pretty happy at home, and then sort of when I was um, in 2012, when I was 18 or 19, must be 19. Um, I just missed the Olympics. Like I ran 3:36, and I had qualified, but the system worked a little differently there. They sort of had an A and a B time, and they only took one if there was an A. It was kind of complicated. Looking back, is overly complicated. Is that disappointed that you didn't get that chance? I was, but like, yeah, I was disappointed. But I, a few people said, "Oh, you should be there," but like, I shouldn't have been there. Like, I could have been there, but. Yeah. Like obviously the the way the it was, the qualifying was structured, if I was meant to be there, I would have been there. Mm-hmm. So like there was obviously guys in front of me that were better qualified. Yeah. So I'm not disappointed because I yeah. like didn't make it. A lot of a lot of people miss the point. Like there's a lot of people at Commonwealth Games very disappointed they didn't make it, but it's just like you didn't make it. Like it's not. Mm. It's like an arbitrary thing. It's not subjective. <laughs> so. It's pretty pretty black and white. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah, it was. I would have loved to have been in the Olympics when I was yeah. nineteen, but yeah. you know, yeah. it was it was nothing. I wasn't hard done by or anything. Yeah. It wasn't okay. a selection thing. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and then um, I ha- yeah I had no intention of going to college, and then we had a couple of really like Jeff Rasi and Ryan Gregson. They had just, you know, sort of really been at the top of their game around mm. that time so there was not really as much opportunity in australia so i couldn't really get a shoe sponsor and um there was not as much government funding like through yeah. the institutions and stuff back yeah. then so it wasn't like it wasn't an opportunity for me to like become a professional mm. straight away so i sort of i spoke to nick who was he was coaching me at the time and he's just like oh would you go to college i'm like oh yeah why not i wasn't mm. i was up for anything i'm yeah you know, it wasn't too fast, so he's like, all right, leave it with me. And then the next day, he had got me into Villanova, so <laughs> it was pretty quick. It all happened kind of quick, but... Did you know much about the college system and, and the school of Villanova? I had been there, but right. it wasn't It wasn't really because I was going to go there. It was more because um, we were traveling around America, and we yep. just we knew a few people there, yep. like through the group. Yep. So we stopped in and had a look and stuff. So I had been there, but... Yeah, it wasn't until after that I really had known that I was going there. But yeah. So you're up and up off off to the US for uh, for yeah. four years. Four years, yeah, it was a great experience. Like I had a really good coach, Marcus O'Sullivan, over yeah. there. He was um he's got hundred and one sub four minute miles. He was a bit of a jet for Olympics. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he was wow. a he was a really good uh yep. really good coach and yep. like he's a good coach but he's just a really good guy more than anything. Like he wants you to be the best person you can be rather than the best runner which was which was great and um mm, that's fantastic yeah it's like lucky i've been exposed to a lot of really good yeah. really good people in my life so you have to embrace it as well though because you could have be exposed to those people but then resist not them. yeah yeah and like often you don't realize sometimes there's people when you're around them but yeah he's <laughs> he's a great guy like i got a lot of time for him and really big impact on my life so so how did how did it how did the structures work at at college uh they have their track season there and yeah so there's like indoor there's cross country so cross country is like um september october november and then it's indoors which is like sort of january winter february march and then outdoor 
yep. April, May. So you would do all of them? Do so all of them. Three yeah. seasons, kind of? Three seasons in a year. And then you get a big break, which you don't really get in Australia. You don't get that long. Yep. Well, we don't the way we... When we go to Europe and stuff. So yeah. it was always fun. Like, I could... I actually enjoyed college a lot because it was... It was a very high level, but it was sort of not super high. Like, it wasn't... In got then? to enjoy some... Uh, like the summers and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. I went to yeah. like music festivals and yeah. went to people's houses and stuff. It was really fun. Were you more relaxed about it because you knew you were going through college? Did you get advice to not try and be the best in the world at college? Or? Yeah, yeah. And like I probably tried to be a few times. I probably tried to be the best in the world, mm. but you know, that's like another... Marcus would be another good good example of someone who tells you what you need to hear. So he was good like that. and I never... Yeah, never got too ahead of myself, but... It is a good. It is a really good level for a like twenty to twenty four year old to be involved in because it's not full on serious. It's like pretty level playing field. It's no one's. Well, rarely people are head and shoulders better or nothing's. You know, so some really lots of good racing, good competition. Good yeah. competition. Yeah, you really enjoy it as well. Yeah. Like because you you spend like you know four years with some guys you've you know, mm. forged some pretty good friendships with. So yeah, yeah, it's it's an all it's such an awesome experience. I like always tell people if if you're even thinking about going, just go. Just go and mm. even if it doesn't work out and you have to come home after a year, it's like okay. who cares? Yeah. Like yeah. You well, spent a year overseas and yeah. seen a bit. As well as the running side of it, you had you had the the accountancy um opportunity to yep. to get a degree. Yeah. Um which that can't be ever taken away from you. No, I'm pretty proud of that. I think it uh when everything's so focused on running, it's hard to, yeah. you know. You were a pretty talented student, though, at school, weren't you? I was okay. Geordie was, <laughs> was much smarter, much smarter than me, but you, you I was okay. Well. I actually... You always worked hard, though. Yeah. Yeah. In some classes. Yeah. <laughs> classes I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I definitely found my feet a, l- a little more academically in, in college. I uh, improved a lot. I think I tried a little harder and all that. It wasn't so much about... It's a pretty good balance there, so there is a bit of a pressure in a good way to be, you know, take your academics seriously. So, yeah, I didn't. It was a little hard getting back into school after I had you know a year and a half off. So, so there's a big focus on your academic as well as your yeah, running. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. Like I said about Marcus, he really wants you to be like a really well-rounded person. So he's mm. there's like these like limits on how low your grades can be, and he would always you wouldn't even be close to the bottom. bottom limit and, you know, he'd be like, oh, just make sure that it's mm. a, the B minus, you know, you might only have to have C's or, you know, mm. whatever it is, I can't mm. even remember, but mm. be like, oh, B minus, like, get let's up. get that up. Like, mm. do you need any help? Like, we'll yeah. mm. get your tutor, study hall, yeah. whatever you need. So It's good to cool. hear you say that because there is a perception, I think, back in Australia that you see a lot of gun kids, gun 18, 90-year-olds go to America and then come back and not not do much with it and, yeah um, I guess there is an expectation I reckon in the community of you should be going there and coming back a world class athlete and that attitude of well you go there to improve yourself and you know get that good balance and then yeah. come back and become a professional um, it's almost a more well rounded path yeah and I think that's definitely what I did it's like uh, I came back and like I was still definitely a college kid when I got back and had to you know, get back into the sort of professional running sort mm. of sort of scene pretty quickly and and that's it, tough that's the toughest jump I've ever had to make in my career like in 2017 it was like sort of back was against the wall a bit it's mm. like oh do you keep running do you mm. do something else Decision or whatever time, yeah. and, you know thankfully I kept at it and 
it's it's a tough six months, but yeah, I feel like in my whole career, it's just been like a constant learning curve. Mm. You just progressively mm. polishing and getting better and improving and picking up things here and there and adding them. That's such a great point because the experiences you have, even as a little ath to a to a secondary runner to a college runner, yeah, the experiences you have as a racer and just in in your general everyday living, yeah, they make up what you can do now as a runner. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, I'd say to guys I'm coaching, you know, every race you do, you know, you learn more from not winning than winning. Yeah, and if you can apply the the losses, mistakes, and not make those mistakes again, mm. you're going to eventually win a lot more than you lose. And you're almost, you know, the five in a row now mm. is probably yeah. a reflection of, you know, six years of experiencing extreme lows yeah um, extreme average races and some good races yeah i mean there's heaps of uh there's heaps to learn from in 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 like endurance sports especially like i'm sure it's the same in uh cycling and triathlon it's just so much can go wrong and it's you you're working with Mm. so many variables and there's such small margins of error and like you get one thing wrong and it just all goes it's all a disaster so yeah you just learn to you know manage the variables as best you can and it just gets to a point after and yeah it is it does take a long time to to get it all right but you know you can manage those variables so you really don't make the mistakes mm. which is sort of i think i'm getting there and like i'm under no illusion that i've i'm still learning like it's it's the constant mm-hmm. you're always learning mm-hmm. in the sport because it's always changing and yeah so i think like yeah my whole career has just been yeah that's great, great big learning curve yeah but the minute you stop wanting to learn it'll be the end of your career believe me yeah no um, i i words of wisdom right there yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, tell me a little bit about uh, the difference between being coached by nick and then going and being coached um at villanova um was there a different was there a different way of going about it i'm interested to hear how they go about it in the American system as compared to what, what maybe Nick would do with you. Yeah. Was it extreme vast difference or was it? Um, not not really. Like it's, it's still fairly similar. Like you're still running a lot and like not as much, but, you know, a bit yeah. and sort of fitness is important. Like you work on your speed later in the season and all that. Yeah. Um, as far as guys, like, probably not as full on as like marcus wasn't as full on as uh as nick that's for sure but he doesn't need to be as well yeah okay so yep. yeah um a more relaxed environment yeah and and, it, and it's a really it's a really great environment like college it's just so much fun like you just mm. big group and you're all sort of trained together as a big group and it's mm. like more of a team aspect, yeah it's yeah. very it's very much a t- like as far as an individual sport can be a team sport like mm. that's it you felt like you belonged yeah and like I was saying to I went for a run with my mate who was this morning James Coleman who also went to college for a bit and um we were talking about like how good it was with our like your teammates and I just said like oh it was so sad when I left because mm. we had a really big grade go through together so it was like a bunch of like 20, cool. 20 of us the core yeah. group the 20 yeah. of us and went through all four years together and it was yeah. like yeah like they're like, oh man, I'll catch you soon, and I'm, I'm honestly thinking like, man, I'm going back to Australia. Never There's a fair that. chance I'm never seeing you ever again. So it was like, it was pretty, pretty sad, sad, yeah. yeah. Like I think that, yeah. whenever I retire from running and leave Melbourne Track Club, 
it's not going to be as sad as when I left Villanova. Like, that yeah. was... Yeah, it impacted that much, yeah. Yeah, nah, it was a really big, important mm. part of my life, so... Mm. Yeah, it's different. And then, obviously, now it's a lot more serious and very professional. Like, it's a very, very professional outfit Nick, Nick's yeah, running. So. It needs to be, because yeah, you're, you're yeah. a full-time runner. And it's like an apprenticeship college, isn't it? You're, yeah, you're yeah, it's exactly it, yeah. You're doing your time and learning mistakes and what your body can handle and and all those things are going to make you a better runner now and I'm sure that's what's going to happen now and look um, you know some of the things that we wanted to ask are, are really about that now what mm. what has changed from then obviously it's fun at college and yeah oh, there were some serious races you had some you know state championships that you obviously wanted to win and there yeah. was one race uh, we saw it back here I think all a bunch of guys from school actually watched that it was and yeah. my housemates <laughs> it was the uh, you know what I'm talking about I think the, yeah um, Pen yeah that's yeah. the one and that shows I think your confidence in your own ability but it was the last leg of the uh, yeah. mile and yeah. you you and this other guy who's obviously a gun sp- sprinter and the commentators were giving him a big rap saying that he's going to take not this out you at all, which yeah. is great. and you guys jogged the first three laps and then it was a 400 meter kick yeah. um, and they could not believe that you beat him yeah I knew, I knew after like 800 I just said there's no way I can lose this mm. like I was that confident I could win it well yeah like as confident as you can be in the situation because the guy's obviously a very good runner but yeah. yeah, that's a YouTube video worth watching. Yeah, yeah. Might even link it. Uh, yeah, and that race that you were basically jogging. Yeah. Oh, I think we ran four fifteen for the mile or something. Which Tactically, is, that was yeah. right up your alley. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's just like he can run a he runs the five k and ten k more, but he also he won that like college championships in the mile a couple times. So like obviously he's a, like a jet runner, but. What was his name again? Edward Cheserek. Cheserek. Because I just remember the commentator saying, Cheserek yeah. a win, Cheserek a win. He's run 349 for a mile. Like, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's not mucking around. Yeah. Like, he's a good runner. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, like, he's sort of that more more 5K, 10K. And they, like, a 10K runner, it's a it's a weird thing. Like, a 10K runner can close in, like, 51, 52. Mm. But, like, in the 1500, you can't close that quick just because you're, you know, you've already got enough lactic, lactic in, your le- yeah. in your legs that it just, you can't do it. So, yeah. You know, he can close in 51, 52. They just think, oh, he's the, got the best kick anyone's ever seen. But, like, when a 1500 runner doesn't have any lactate in their legs, I was I was so confident I could beat 47. him. I was so confident I could beat him, yeah. Maybe not 47, but, like, <laughs> I, if he can run 51, I could run 50. Yeah. Like, in a slow race like that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it just, I, th- I think it played out perfectly. If he had made it quick, he'd have smashed me, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, what yeah. is that? I want to keep going about um, the college stuff as well. But what what is that about? We touched on it before. You've always had this confidence in yourself, and it's, I was saying to Dad um, earlier that it's not arrogance, but you just have that self belief. Like some people might say it is. Well, some people, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, having you watched you since your junior, you were never you never just thought you were because you weren't arrogant in the fact that you thought you were better than people because of it. You were just self assured that you would win a sprint. Or mm. I mean, it takes a bit of self awareness to think about. But what do you? Do you think about that yourself? Like, what? Not honestly, not really. Just because I don't know. It's one of those things you just. I just know that I that I'm like a good, really good finisher. So I've never really thought much of it because mm. I just know yeah, I can do it. Not yeah. analyzing it. <laughs> nah, it's just, just part like, of my armory. Yeah, yeah. That's my. It's my big weapon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. no, nah, I never put too much thought in it. To be honest. You just make um, sure you win because you've won that many sprint finishes by that much. Yeah, but you win it. 
I mean, I think probably what for me, what um I've had to spend a lot more time doing is getting in the right position to, you know, bring out the big gun, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Execution. And that, that that's that's often the hardest part because, you know, you've probably seen a lot of races where I've come through and just won it, but it's probably equally as many as I've fell short on. So, mm-hmm. you know, and and obviously the now in my career the competition's a lot harder and there's there's there are guys that can do what I can do. There's a few of them, so you know, you gotta work out how to beat the guys that have got the same same guns as you do, mm. which is another challenge in itself. So, mm. but yeah, I've, I've not spent too much time thinking about it. I'm just yeah. thankful I can. Thankful I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that kind of actually leads to going from a college athlete to the world stage. What's it like competing at the worlds, like in 2017, um, and then at Diamond League when these guys are just elite? They're a level, the top level you can race against. Yeah, I mean, it's very uh, leveling, yeah. like. It's uh, you see a lot the college kids come out and they run the circuit for a year and they just get absolutely destroyed and it's just just a different it's a different level and it take it takes time to get used to but um in the diamond league I I don't often get a start in the diamond league because I'm just not fast enough on the clock um but they're not necessarily like the circuit races are very different to the championship races so. Where I what I lack in in the in the circuit, mm. I make up for in the championship, mm-hmm. and um yeah the championships, uh, just crazy because it's a lot of the guys that I've I've watched my whole career you like line up next to them you have to mm. you know you can't be afra- afraid to shove them out of the way if you have to yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's like uh, in 2017 I sort of had a really tough heat there was probably four or five Olympic medalists in there and I just remember. <laughs> But like I knocked a lot of like a century or two won the Olympics. He was last in the heat at mm. uh, London. So mm. you know, even a guy like that who's so good tactically, you just you can get it wrong. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, it's definitely a huge step up. Like enormous. It's not just a step. It's like a leap. Mm. I've heard you talk about that period briefly, actually, where you said. And it was probably coming out of college where it's that mm. six-month period where it was really tough. Yeah. And you kind of said maybe a lot of people were... You were disappointed in yourself. A lot yeah. of people were disappointed in you. And that was yeah. pretty tough to go through. Yeah. What was... Talk us through that period of, and then getting out of that as well. Yeah. Well, I just... Uh, like, I wasn't running great and had a few bad races. Lost races that I shouldn't have. Wasn't training great. I'd sort of... You know, three sessions in a week. One of them would be horrendous. Mm. Two of them would be all right. Sort what do you mean by horrendous? What? Like not hitting the targets. Or? Yeah, like I can't can't finish session. Like was there other things? There's always a reason why. It's not. It's not. It's probably trying to train at a level that you're not ready for. But there's sort of no way around getting to the level. You just sort of have to throw yourself in the deep end and suck it up. You'll eventually start swimming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So did you did you think you from your college? period where it wasn't as serious do you think now this is really serious like, oh yeah I, I actually have to train harder than i've ever trained mm. and probably focus a little bit more on on every day yeah making the most of every day and yeah well when you're in college if it wasn't a session day it was just you just show up and you know fluff yeah. around do nothing whatever yeah. you know you, i wasn't focused on what i was eating what i was yeah. doing 
didn't care about sleeping, all the, you know, all the little things. And then I probably wasn't doing a lot of those things right when I first came out, and you just... Bit of a shock. Yeah, it's to, a shock, and yeah. you get exposed badly, quickly. So, yeah, um, yeah you just... takes a little time. And, and what helped me a lot was being around a guy like uh, Ryan Gregson. Like... The professionalism. Just You just see it. Once you see yeah. it, you just start... I know it's probably so annoying for him because he's had so many people come through and just mm. just copy him, do what he does, follow him around, sort of thing. Which but it's, it's a great accolade to him. He's a leader. Oh, he's he's unbelievable, and he's and he's probably he probably doesn't want to be like he's a, a humble. Yeah, player. like he yeah. just just does his own thing and mm. probably probably does get bugged a lot. But I always you know tell him mm. thanks, thanks for putting up with yeah. me and all that. Mm. So. Yeah, I learned so much from him and, and um Collis Birmingham as well. Yes. Coming out. He yeah. uh yeah. he's a bit more active in sort of teaching the young guys. Like he'll tell you, he'll have chats with you and stuff about yeah. you know, where you gotta improve and stuff like that. Whereas Ryan it was more like I just sort of copy him. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is, you know, since two thousand and twelve you have been able to run a world class time that's good enough for the Olympics. Mm. So it's not just the physicalness, is it? You, you know, in 2019, you still, you don't lose that talent. You're, yeah. You've got the engine. Yeah. And you can win races. We, you've proved that. What is the thing, you know, that, is it is it more, everybody's at similar level. Yeah. Why do some people win races and others don't? What What do you think? Where do you see you in that? There's a lot in that question, but. Yeah. Um. Well, I think from when I was young, I might have been able to run the occasional good time, but it was a lot more inconsistent. So if you had a look at my times across 2018, like I probably ran under 340 maybe like 15 times and like, you know, 336 like three times. So wow. it's yeah. just the, you have less bad races, which is, uh, mm. yeah, that, that, that's the consist- consistencies a huge part of it definitely but like the yeah being able to win the races i just think i just think i'm probably more desperate for it than other people and i'm not exactly sure where like where that comes from Mm. like it's probably something that i haven't thought about Mm. or you know realized or anything but um yeah it just finds like i just always seem to like when i'm in a real dog fight with someone down the straight i can get past them and just find something else yeah yeah. You pick your times to be that desperate, don't you? Like when it's an important race or... Yeah. yeah. Oh, like uh, this last one in um, Newcastle, that I, I had a terrible season. I was injured. I probably had two and a half, three months off. So it was really... I had a really hard time coming back from that. It just wasn't quite right for a long time. But sort of Nick said before this race, you know, you really need to win this race. Like it's going to be hard if you don't. If you don't come off the season, the European season with at least one good result, it's hard to hard to come back from a whole season of shockers. So, did that put a pretty, put a bit of pressure on you? Yeah, but I, like, you, you happy with that? I needed it. Like, I needed him to tell. Like I said, he always tells you what you need to hear. So, mm. like, obviously, I just needed to hear it, and I won the race and mm. had a real dog fight with Grego with you know last four hundred and just yeah. got him on the line. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just it's almost a turning point for you, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, oh, like I just this was such a bad season for me like I know I was injured and stuff but I probably just made so many mistakes coming back like I would uh I probably rushed into training too hard too soon 
I wasn't eating enough because I was trying to stay skinny because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't keep the right. weight off on the yeah. bike. I wasn't riding enough. Yeah. I just couldn't I couldn't ride like three I couldn't ride more than like three or four hours. Yeah. So like it's hard to keep the weight down on the bike. It's yeah. actually not that it's not that good at exercise compared to running. Yeah. Like an hour run is like a great workout just jogging, whereas you have to be spinning for ages on the bike. Don't yeah, you? it's such yeah. a really good point. And for those who don't know, you were injured during that period, so yeah. you were doing everything possible to keep your fitness going. So yeah. you turned yourself to Zwift, Zwift Strava, Strava, cycling. You got yourself yeah. a bike. Our audience will love hearing that. Yeah. You had no idea what Zwift was, and you fell in love with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's pretty good. Like you get hooked. Yeah, it's like gaming. Yeah. <laughs> So your eyes were open to, oh, there's a whole new world out here of cycling. Yeah. So with the injury, that's your only choice, wasn't it? Yeah. And like I did, I did actually really enjoy it. Like I, one of my mates is a, you know, up and coming triathlete. So I'd hang out with him once a week and just fire away all the questions at him. Like, oh, what do you do here? Like, you know, oh, I'm like absolutely tanked after two hours. And he's like, yeah, man, you have to actually eat on the bike. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm trying to lose weight. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's he sorted me out a bit. Cashflow, good yeah. man. Um, no, that's good. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Like I got on Zwift. Like that was sort of like where I started. Started doing. I was on the. I was just doing sessions on the watt bike, and then someone's like, "Mate, have you got Zwift? Like it's two bikes over." I'm like, "Oh yeah, why not?" At the VIS, is pretty lucky. They got all that cool stuff. So yeah. I was on Zwift. Did so a few you, races. Yeah, crack at a race over here. Yeah, got a few wins. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Sprint finishes. Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing you. I would go way too far out in the uh, sprints and the, on the bike. I didn't realize you have to leave it late. As like, I'd be going like a k to go, just yeah. absolutely whacking it, and yeah. I'm like, oh god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> regretting it. So, had you you've come back from that injury? Had you come second in that last race? Would that have had an impact on you? Because it was sprint finish again. So, would you be totally disappointed with second? Or? Oh, for uh, the sake of the fairy tale story, I'm yeah. going to say yes. But I, I think it would. Either way, I think if I had had a really close race. With close race with with Grego, right. I would have been yeah. up and about either way. But yeah. yeah, maybe it gave me a little bit extra, mm, a little yeah. bit extra confidence. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it really has set up a pretty good run the last couple of months. I'm in a good spot right now. Like I found that yesterday when I was running around, I just ended up running four minute k's for a while, and I was out of nowhere. Mm. You know, that's only when you everything's in a really good spot. Does something like that happen? You just. Mm. Yeah, without even knowing, you end up running really quick. So. Interesting that you said you you're in a pretty relaxed period right now. It's almost like an off period, even though yeah. you're racing and you've had five wins. And what you touched on before, that as soon as guys relax a bit more, they run better. Yeah, and it's the same concept across all sport. Like golfers who tense up and then just can't yeah. hit the ball, pro golfers or you know, table tennis players get to the final, they can't hit it properly, and then oh, yeah. hundred thousand. Like, yeah. yeah, you maybe you relax a bit after your injury, and you you're absolutely fine yeah no yeah and there's a lot to be said about that too like I agree with you like a lot of sports same thing happens and with running as well you want to be in good shape and all that and be serious but you got to find that balance where you're sort of relaxed as well and that's that's very hard to find Um, I think that's might sort of separate the really good ones with Mm. just you know what could have been they just Mm. can't find the balance, find the right point for them. And it's such an important uh, point there. I've touched on it in other sports a little bit. The guys who have total focus on one thing, it's almost too much. Yeah. And if they don't have another outlet, whether it be, this is ridiculous, but a painter painting on a canvas or 
you know, avid reader. I'm just thinking of the most mundane things, but mm. you actually have to have an interest, don't you? Yeah. Whether it's studying another um, subject at uni, AFL footballers, the ones who have got nothing to do other than train, don't seem to get the, the better results compared to the guys who are so busy in their life. So what? Or you can go to outlets that are detrimental to you. Where yeah, the opposite. Yeah, yeah. 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 Gambling, you know. Partying that, all that, yeah. Just like partying or even, yeah. um, as you said yourself, just hanging out with friends too much when it's yeah. kind of wasting time. Like, yeah, yeah. Is that something you have to actually be careful of because you've got that much time in between sessions when you're training? Yeah, like during the week, like on some of the days, I'm like, I need to go and have a lay down, which is, that's another really important thing. Um, so, Monaghetti always says it. He goes, you got to get in bed for an hour a day recovery. during the day. Just... Yep. You know, it it makes all the difference in the world, and it really does. So I try and like you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I'm usually pretty smashed after the session. So, and I do gym as well those days. So I try and um, You're doing a lot of tour days anyway. So that would be a big yeah, problem. yeah. So I you gotta you need the downtime, and I do read a bit, and um, yeah, play games, bit of a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> Got yeah. time for it, so why not? Um, How much do you read? A bit. A bit. Um, a book a month, a book every few months. Yeah, probably book a month. Yeah. Maybe, depending, like when I'm at Falls, I might knock out like four or five. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I probably spend a couple of hours a day reading because yeah. yeah. I spend enough time with the guys that I'm training with. Yeah. I don't have to spend all my downtime with them <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Offhanded question, what's your favorite book of the last year? Um, I'm reading this book right now. I, I really like The Sports Gene mm-hmm. by uh, Epstein. And now I followed up with his next book called Range. And it's it's actually perfect book for what we've just been talking about. It's yeah. like saying how the most successful people are like well-rounded, not just too, yeah, too mm. narrow focused. So, mm. but it's, and he takes examples from everywhere, not just like sport or, you know, good businessmen often don't come into their, you know, niche till later in life. So they might be doing it. They might be engineers for years or, you know, mm. they said the, it's got this one good point that um, they were really stuck on this, like our 3M was stuck on this pattern for something, couldn't figure it out. I can't remember exactly what it was. What was it? I talked about it in another podcast, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, it's some chemical. They couldn't figure it out and they had all these like, nerd chemists yeah, and all yeah. this stuff working on the smartest guys in the room sort of thing and then a lawyer who had done a bit of patent law in the area figured it out hmm. and just because he just could just see it from a different, different yeah. yeah another perspective different different scope so yeah that's such tunnel vision yeah and um yeah that's a good book but yeah, yeah. i read read a lot yeah whatever like since since, since finishing college i've read heaps probably yeah. i don't know yeah, 50, 50 odd books yeah. you know, 50 or 100 books yeah. yeah mostly sport books Nah, not necessarily like i i like obviously a bit of a bit interested in business from um from college yep. so a few business books yeah not so much not so much uh like how to business yeah, yeah. books more more uh like you know the economic downturns and like the yeah. market crashes and yeah. Yeah, okay. fallouts yeah. and stuff like that a few uh we read a lot of did a lot of classics in um in school yeah it's so like villanova the degree is actually it's like a liberal arts school so uh, my degree is in science but the core curriculum in at Villanova is a lot of like religion and, and um, liberal arts sort of classes. So we read heaps of like, you know, uh, 
Hemingway, like Socrates, Plato, all that, like everything. So read a lot of that as well. So it's pretty cool. Fantastic. Goes all right. That's good. It gives us a well-rounded picture of yeah how a professional athlete has to get that balance and Mm. that sleep's the big thing. Doing the one percent as a strength training outside of your training. Um, Yeah. You touched on diet. What is it? What do you eat during the week? To so like that sort of relaxed mentality I've got right now sort of carries over to my diet. Um, I'm not that worried about it at the minute. Like, I'd be better off carrying a few kilos now, you know, kilo or whatever it is now because it's just unsustainable being too skinny for too long. That's a you just point. You get sick and injured and yep. it's like often when people are too skinny, that's when it all goes wrong. And yep. But again, there is a time where you need to be... Yeah, as light as possible. Like as light as possible, so... So before you go on with the nutrition, so let's work backwards. Yeah. 2020 is a big year. Yeah. Obviously, it's the Olympic year. Yeah. So your goal at this particular point sitting right here is yep. to be part of that Australian team. Yeah. To be in the 1500. Yeah. That's your goal. Yeah. So working backwards from what is the date? Oh, What's the final of the 1500? I think it's like, I don't know exactly what the final. I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm sort of in the here and now. Yeah. Yep. So like yeah, I, I know when the, the Olympics is, but I don't yeah. know like the yep. date of the final or anything like so that. So the month is, or it's, it'll be the first week of August. Okay, so it's eight months plus December, so it's nine months away. Yep. So your diet now, what will it be? He said unsustainable eating needs to be a small period of time. Yeah. How would how would you work backwards from your? Let's just talk about your nutrition. Yeah. So it'd only be like I'd be flirting with the idea of two months before but maybe even just the month before you just strict just tighten it up a little bit yeah. but what does that mean for you what do you so specifically like specifically i'll just eat a bit less on not session days before the run so like i know it'll be just enough to like get me through it and like nothing more like it'll be like one piece of toast half banana before a yep. before anything but a session but obviously on a session I don't want to blow the session, so I'll you need to have, have normal, have normal, yeah. 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 And that—that's my main way of like cutting, cutting a bit of weight. And um, what about post session? Would you be having a recovery? Yeah, yeah. Um, protein, yep. always. Yep. Every always. session? Yeah. Every, every, every run. Jog? Um, not afternoon runs. Okay. Yep. Um, but every gym and every morning yep. run, I'll have a have a protein. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there any other supplements you would use? Not really. Yep. Um, the- when I'm at altitude, I'll take a iron supplement yep. just because yep. you know you, yeah. you don't want to become iron deficient. That's yeah. that's Frank. that's a big uh, that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. It happens more in it doesn't happen very often in, in boys, but it can. So yeah, that's something you really like. Yep. Obviously, iron's a huge part of um, yep. oxygen <laughs> like yeah, oxygen carrying around yep. your body. So. Yep. Yeah, got to make sure that's tip top. Yeah. So you're not changing what you're eating as much, just how much you eat. Just a bit of volume, yeah. And like like when I'm, like now, because it's like not really that serious and, you know, if I'm filling up at the server and there's a special on lollies, yeah, getting them. <laughs> Sweet too. <laughs> sure. Is that, is that a... Oh, I'm a shocker. I'm a shocker, <laughs> but... You probably can afford to be though. Like you see most, most cyclists kind of eat whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. You, got, you do have to get it in. Yeah. And like sometimes I'll know... I'll know if I haven't eaten enough the day before. I just feel you just feel a bit flat, right, so right. I make sure I put a bit extra in. And yeah. like, if you have a bad session or if you're getting a bit tired, honestly, like you just forget about what you're eating for a little bit and just 
have a big have a go at it for mm. you know a day yeah. and it often yeah. gets you out of the hole pretty quick yeah um a lot of people would be interested a lot of people like to have a social drink now and then is, yeah is it something that, that uh you are, i've got a, a real firm belief on whether you should be drinking oh um, yeah i i don't mind a beer i'm yeah. sure geordie remembers back at a few of the high school parties and stuff <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe not <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. I don't. I'm not too yeah. stressed about it. Like I think I've sort of gotten down the to the point now where I'm not that keen to like go and have a blowout and drink twenty beers. I don't care. Like I know a lot of people talk about balance in like sort of that yeah. side of things yeah. as well. But yeah. I don't necessarily think balance is twenty beers. I think mm-hmm. if you, I just don't want to do that. Like you know, you, you feel like shit the next day and. Mm, mm. and the day after sometimes even so it like knocks you around a bit so I just yeah. I'm not I don't really do like I don't really do that anymore I might have like one or two beers on a on a Saturday or whatever on a Sunday that's about it Sunday other yeah, yeah whatever yeah. but you know in the in the season we might go out for a beer or something but I'll probably go like six months with having ten beers mm. yeah okay. yeah and the whole group's pretty similar yeah some won't yeah. drink at all some yeah, probably yeah. drink a little more, but yeah. not not much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and I say a lot of the athletes I coach, whether you're you know, a triathlete and you're standing on the beach before the race starts for your swim or whether you're a cyclist and you're on the line, you know, you want to you wanna look back at your preparation and go, did I do everything in my power mm. to get me in the best possible shape, to give me the best opportunity to execute my plan? Yeah, and you know the food, the sleep, the alcohol, you know, mm. the altitude, and the training. Of course, they're they're just you know the strength and conditioning. They're just you can rattle off all the things yeah, that you can contribute day. to yeah. that. Um, and you know, making decisions, I think, really tunes the body to 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 make sure that you are you know you want to stand there going, I'm ready, mm. you know, and I'm happy with my preparation. You don't want to have any doubts, do you? No, and like, yeah, certainly that confidence you get from the not, discipline. Yeah, like, and you're not, you don't even have to think about what mistakes you've made because you, you're not going to make, you know, you're not going to make them. So, like, yeah, like I said about how I operate and how our group operates, the confidence and the self belief, and that all comes from stuff like that as well. Like, if you have not, you know, made a mistake in anything like how confident are you going to be like you're going to be mm. ready to go mm. like yeah there isn't a roadblock you haven't had to na- navigate is there and that's gives you confidence yeah yeah you know the mistakes give you confidence people find that really hard to mm. that's a ridiculous sentence mm. the more mistakes you make the more confident i'm getting yeah because i'm not going to repeat that yeah exactly yeah and like everyone's like i've made all all the mistakes and like all that and yeah, certainly when you don't make them anymore, you're better off for it and you know you're better off for it. So, And that's what you are saying before with, you know, you've run under 240, uh, 340. Yeah. You know, over how many times? Because your consistency's there now. Yeah. And you're making less mistakes. Yeah. And that just doesn't come from six months of training, does it? That comes No, from- that is, uh, that's a whole lifetime of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sound like a bloody drama queen that's <laughs> <laughs> no, true and look, so, a, lot, yeah. a lot of the guys who come yeah. on board with our you know who are listening to this uh podcast which has been so intriguing um mm. is that 
they think that in six months they sh- they've got everything covered, and it's just not it's just not possible. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to see the immediate like gain. Sometimes you really do, like if you try something new, and like obviously you're going to see immediate gains because you've not done much of it before. But with you on the bike, that yeah, exactly. Like I was terrible Novice. couldn't do yeah. anything and then by the end of it i, I sort of can yeah winning on swift huh? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it just it's just like anything it's like any good thing it just takes time it's like yeah you know like in my career definitely it's like i said it's been a one long learning curve and it's mm. taken me a really long time to get it all right but it's like anything anyone starting anything just it'll take it'll take your time but you'll You'll be proud of it. The longer you stick at it, you'd be really proud of it at the end. Like, you mm. know, you can hang your hat on something. Mm. Something you can be really proud of. Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and look, a lot, a lot of the guys we, we uh, coach, they're not Olympians. They're not, you know, mm. they haven't even won a race. But for us, it's improvement of themselves. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, all-rounded improvement as a person and uh, they get some joy out of, uh, out of actually being fitter or healthier. Yeah, it's really important to us. Yeah, and just improving. We we can measure in in cycling with your FTP. Yeah, is it two hundred this month and you know two hundred and twenty the next month? And that's not, you know, from where you sit as an as aspiring you know Olympian, world world uh, championship runner. We're just talking about the basic guys here, and Mm. and you know it's all about just getting the marginal improvement. That's kind of. And for you, you talked about, you know, your best time is in 2012 and, you know, you've been hovering around that and, you know, guys need to hear that, that, yeah. that at that level, the gains are, oh yeah, they're seconds. You train your ass off for a quarter of a second, yeah. like it's, yeah, it's a tough, yeah, it's, it's, you give a lot in this sport and you, you often don't get anything back, but that's a matter of perspective really, because you look at it elsewhere you know from a different from a different angle like I, I say this like this run that i said i did the other day and i felt really good like cruising around went really fast mm. and mm. often if it's not a absolute slog you just enjoy it more mm. like and you know you might be going at the same pace and the same result at the end but like you're happy you're happy yeah. at the end of it so the journey isn't it it's yeah know, the results are bonus yeah totally the journey is is kind of what you do you said before you're in the now yeah and i think that's a great way to be mm. you know it takes away the worry people worry about what might happen tomorrow mm. next week next month and we shouldn't we should be thinking about what can i achieve today what can i do the best today mm. and it's a great that's great that you said yeah. that yeah it, it definitely goes back to like my trust in nick as well because i know He's got. The he's he's he knows what he knows what I'm doing next week in a month's time in a year's time like whatever whatever it is he knows he's got it all planned out he's like a bit of a genius like that he's a really good coach and it's important to have a good coach because then you don't have to worry about things like that and you can just do the little things that really do make a huge difference and you know you start if you can leave a lot of the big decision making to your coach you're not making as many mistakes as you could be it's like taking a whole part of the mistakes to be made out of the out of mm. the scenario so you're just more confident anyway if you're not worrying about it yeah mm. totally i know i am for sure yeah. mm. 
That's a great team combination you've got then. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good bloke. That's awesome. Well, I mean, there's a couple more things I want to go through. We have, we've had you here on here a while, but um, this has been so good. Uh, <laughs> our listeners will get so much out of it. It's exactly what you're saying, because the equivalencies between whether you're an Olympian or just someone that's trying to aspire to improve or achieve a goal is the same thing mm. for cyclists that they're trying to get a power number of 250 and they just can't get there and they're so hung up on that. And you always say to them, you know, it's not about improving because you can go use that improving. It's about, you know, maybe you win a race or maybe you do something you haven't done before, and which is massive. So for a lot of our guys that are thinking about racing or um, coming into a race, I want to know at your level how you taper and then how you mentally come into a race um, in that last week or so. Yeah. What's the process? Um, so mentally, I don't, I really don't think about it at all until day of because mm-hmm. wasted energy, wasted energy, losing sleep, stuff like that. You just, I can't, you can't afford it in, in a, at the really high level. It's uh that can be the difference sometimes, you know, between winning and losing. Definitely. Um, so I, I usually don't really think about it until my coach might tell me the, the morning of or the day of or, you know, I'm not really thinking about it too much till then because you don't need to. Mm-hmm. You can you can make all the decisions in the last you know few hours, and then a lot of the stuff you have to decide on the fly anyway because mm. it's all coming at you a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the taper that's a that's a pretty important one because it can make and break you a lot. I think, and it's very individual as well. Mm, so like f- for me personally. Usually, say the race is on a Saturday, I might just do pretty normal Tuesday session. Like Monday will be normal, Tuesday might be 6K volume instead of 8K volume and maybe a couple little faster things, you know, Um, just to get the speed going, legs ticking over a bit. And then Thursday, we still do threshold, but 4K usually, Mm -hmm. 4K, 2 mile, 5K, just... Not doesn't really matter. Like it's not four or five k threshold doesn't really hurt you too much. And then maybe a couple of strides again just to feel good and yeah, just jog around, take it really easy, yep. do less, do less, less stuff, less yep. volume. So a uh, normal race week might be about a hundred k. Yeah. Whereas a knocked off sixty k. Yeah, knocked yep. off sixty k. So you've kept the intensity, haven't you? Yeah, not yep. like but not you, as long. Not as long. Yeah, not as long a period in yep. that intense. Yeah. in the intensity but yeah, yeah you still got to touch you got to touch everything otherwise yeah. and it, you yeah. found that works for you well yeah yeah, yeah. I, I like doing it so and and sometimes I'll I'll um the day before the race I might do a few you know drills and a bit of stretching and some strides and stuff but not not always yeah. because sometimes that, that's a the big thing about running and it's it's probably pretty similar in you know triathlon and cycling and all that is that often your routine gets messed up a lot because, Mm. you know, you might have a long travel or Mm. not no access to a track or, you know, whatever, a million things. Like sometimes when you're in Japan, all you can eat is rice, Mm. (laughs) stuff like that. So if Mm. you, I I find that I don't really have too much routine because if you get too hung up on it, that that's probably one of those mistakes, you know, you get too hung up on it, you get, it starts working against you. If you don't have it, so I've yeah. I've really got no, not much of a routine, yeah. Not much superstition, nothing like that. Yeah, so flexible. Does that um, include race day in terms of what you're eating for breaking stuff or two hours pre the race? Is there something you have to have? I, ju- I actually don't eat a lot on race day because mm-hmm. if if I was doing a ten k, 
mm. I'd probably eat a bit mm. just because I know you do Jones, need it at that yeah. point. But 1,500, you don't really need anything in your stomach. Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't eat much really at all. Like I went, like this year after Birmingham, we, um, Birmingham Diamond League mm-hmm. ran terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, I was in a bit of a bad patch. So like a few people like said, come and have a few beers. Like you need to yeah. like relax, take your mind off things. Yeah. Um, and I remember having two pints and I was pissed ass. <laughs> and I remember being like, like what is going on here? And I realized that in the last 24 hours, I had one banana. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't even realize. Yeah. But so, yeah, I don't really eat much on race day. Like sometimes I have a bit of breakfast and mm. banana, you know, yeah. caffeine, smash the caffeine. What's your warm up like on race day? Pretty normal, normal as I do for a session, like, you know, 20 minutes jogging, a couple of strides, some stretching, drills, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. nothing changes. Yeah. Nah, not you want really. to keep your routine, don't you? Yeah. Like it's and it's very flexible too. Like yeah. if I couldn't, often the call room times are all different. So sometimes they're like forty five minutes. Sometimes mm. they're ten. So yeah. you just gotta be ready to do everything that on the fly, fly a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it helps to be pre relaxed. Yeah. I'm lucky. I'm pre relaxed normally, mm-hmm. so it's easy to just go with the flow. But I've seen mm. people get hung up on things, so mm. you, you, try and avoid that. You can see them beaten before you start. Yeah, you? yeah. <laughs> Oh, I remember this guy, one time we were racing and it was for an Australian team. We had to wear, we all had to be wearing um, the same outfits and there was three of us and we're all sort of more like 1,500, 800 guys and we're like, nah, mate, we're in split shorts and he really wanted to wear a bodysuit and we're like, nah, split shorts, mate. <laughs> and he was, oh no, <laughs> he, was, uh, he was terrible in this race because he was so hung up on like, he was like, oh, this is bullshit, you know, I should be able to wear this. And mm. I'm like, nah, mate, sorry. And he was just useless, was rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Yep, no good. He was beaten before, before the race, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. A, a question that I was thinking about is um, trying, to, trying to peak a couple of times in a season because obviously you have to qualify to get to the Olympics. Mm. And is, is that something that's quite difficult to achieve? To, you know, when are our... When will you be qualifying for the Olympics? When's your opportunity to try out what month compared to August when, yeah. when the Olympics are on? So there'll be a there'll be like the qualifying period will end probably three weeks before the Olympics. Right, okay. So pretty much right till then. then. Yeah. yeah. So it started maybe four months ago. Yeah. Five months ago, something so like that. So you just have to run the time in between now and then. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. If you run the time, the time's quick enough, so what are, I can't... What's the time now this year? 3.35 flat. So there's a few other ways now to do it. It's sort of... They're trying to sort of bring in a ranking system and stuff like that. So it's it's a, it's very complicated. And I personally don't quite understand it yet. But <laughs> so how do you go about that then? Like what's your plan? Yeah. yeah, what's your plan around for, that? For you, qualifying? Yeah. Um, I think, like the way I'm going now, I, I really think I can run... It's like a lot of the years, like a lot of the last few years, like Nick said to me, he's like, God, I just thought you could have run 334 this year. Like you, everything was going right, but like you just don't get the race yeah. at the right time and yeah. stuff like that. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. Mm. I don't, I'm not that hung up on times, but like, yeah, obviously I've got to have to run yeah, for the, yeah. for the Olympics. So, all right, I can, I can do it. I know I can do it. It's just 
got to get it right at the right time. Can you set a race up for your squad? Yeah, you? yeah, you can. It's just there's a few rules on what's an official race, but is there? Right. Yeah, 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 but we could do it. Yeah, easy, no trouble at all. Is that set the plan? Up you set up races, or we might, we might. I like Kipchoge style. <laughs> nah, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> Wish you could, yeah. but um. <laughs> just quickly you were you as impressed as the whole running community with that and because um, there is there is some backlash of that it's, it doesn't yeah. count for that reason but. yeah I, I would have liked to have seen it in a proper race that would have been cool like that would have been I think that would have been a better first time but it's sort of like yeah the, still got to run it yeah way. and you know you might not have a good opportunity where you have a guy at the right time of his career and he's like one of the best ever that's ready to go to do it so like I see they had, they sort of had to yeah. in a way. Yeah. But yeah, it was cool. It was great to watch, and there was four guys from our group involved yeah. in the pacing. So it was good. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, your own your own plans to. Yeah. yeah so I like like I'm I'm not really thinking about it yet. Mm-hmm. I like no Nick will have it. He'll have all these mm. ideas like, right, zooming around really, in his head. Yeah, so just coach Jared putting the pressure on you. For <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you should speak to him. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm not that. You just, you just got to get in as good a shape as you can, and yeah. like he'll he'll put you in the race at, yeah. when you need it at the right time and all that. So yep. So one of the opportunities you have the Australian Summer, you have that. Up yeah, until but March. That, that's uh, it's an opportunity, but probably Highly won't happen. Yeah. I don't think an Australians ever run that quick in Australia. In Australia, yeah. so like history would say that it's probably unlikely in Australia, but. And the and the standard of competition probably just isn't good enough either. You need um, you need a race where a bunch of guys can do it because mm. it just pushing everyone each pushes each other through. And yeah. is that where you things. need some uh, some uh, paces? Yeah, to run a four hundred each. Um, yeah, is that legal to do that? So y- they'd have to. They couldn't come in and out. Oh, so oh, okay. They have to start. They have to start and. Like I've actually I did a bit of pacing this year. I saw it a couple of uh, yeah. weeks. Pace the world record in, yeah, indoors. It's pretty good. That. Yeah. Um, nice payday too. <laughs> <laughs> did you do, did you do it on time? Like were you? Uh, yeah. So I had to run two twenty one mm-hmm. for the for the K. Yeah. I think it was two twenty one or two two twenty one, and I ran two twenty one point two. So bang on, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. They were very happy. Yeah. Which is good. You see so many paces just. Oh, they go too quick. <laughs> were they right yeah. behind you? Yeah, they were right on it. Yeah, they were good. I mean, they knew that. Like that was the whole the whole reason we were there is because um, they wanted the world record. So these guys knew. There's, there was two of them, two Ethiopian guys. Yeah. They were right on it. So Did they thank you after. I actually didn't even see them after. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they're, they're sort of uh, the Kenyans and the, the Ethiopians. They're very they keep to themselves a lot, and mm. they're very quiet in nature. Mm. So like you know if if a a Western person broke the world record, they'd be running around, bloody screaming, like, but they just sort of taking their stride. Yeah, mm. it's, they're pretty quiet about it. Yeah. I'm sure they're celebrating in their own way, but yeah. yeah. So, things like the Australian 1500 meter title, does that have any significance to you? Yeah, I, I haven't, I've always had a hard time getting it right in, uh, in Australia. It always seems a bit early, but like, I came second in 2018. Yeah. Last year, I didn't run because I was injured, but yeah. I'd love to win one. March, is it? Yeah, yep. yeah, or maybe even April. Yep, but yeah, should be good. Hopefully, if you can win that, you're sort of ahead, ahead of everyone else. Yeah, it can help. So if you 
Yep. If you get the time and you win, you're automatic. Yeah. Whereas if like four people get the time, they have to pick. Mm. And winning that title will... Get you no matter what you're in. Yep. Yeah, so yep. that helps. So be good to win that. So Don't if you don't run the time when you win the title, you get in. No, if you don't run the time, you still have to run the time. But there's like the ranking system. Yeah, it'll help. Yeah, yeah. That it. helps, but yeah. not necessarily. Yeah. From a coaching point of view, I'm thinking more in terms of, the, oh, I just know that it's not easy to peak. Um, yeah, it's very, it's times. very hard. Um, yeah. So you want to, you want to qualify as close to the Olympics as possible. Yeah. So that you're not in the form of your life in April. And then you're off the cliff, and sort then of thing. You've got to. Yeah kind of recover or yeah so is that what you think nick will have Have Um, do you discuss that with nick not not so much like i think the way our our season's structured it's sort of like our november camp will be just you sort of getting back into shape yep and um january camp will be like all right now you really hit it but we're never in like tip-top shape in australia it's just and and you don't want to be like Mm. You can't really if you if you put too much emphasis on Australia, you're gonna be it's eight you're gonna be to done hold. by the time yeah. it comes around. And a lot of a lot of Australian athletes, it's a big problem we've got because our seasons just don't line up at all. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Diamond League is where you'll be putting your yeah. I'd say if I was gonna get a qualifier, I'd probably be in there somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. when is Diamond League? It's what month is it? Um, it will start in it starts pretty early because they do they do a couple in Asia they do one in China and mm-hmm. Doha and mm-hmm. I think they might be doing two in China next year and they've got a couple in America so it pretty much goes from you know finishes in September it probably starts in May yeah so you've got those couple of months to really have a crack yeah will they change it this year with the Olympics being on or will I still have Diamond League it'll September? just go before and after yep yeah, okay whereas like they'll they'll have like a month break in the program yep. when the like you know yep. probably two weeks before and two weeks after the olympics so. so getting a start in those races is really important it's, to you yeah and it's hard and it, and that's where like nick's also really good because he's uh he's been around for a long time he's a really good manager so yep. he's usually good at getting getting a start yep. in well the i think you were ranked at some stage 22nd fastest in the world yeah um, in on the po- on the points yeah. yeah so that's and that that goes to show nick like how good of an agent Nick is because he's able to get you in these races where they get you lots of like points. ranking points and all yeah. that. So yeah. that's that's um that's always handy. So he's got a few of the Diamond Leagues where he's got really good relationships at like London and Oslo and Stockholm yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah, yeah. I've I've run those ones before. So yeah, yeah hopefully get in them again. So think about um, Com Games last year. Because you came really back into form and you were really motivated for that. And yeah. you came sixth in the final, which is an unbelievable result at Commonwealth Games. Were yeah. you totally happy with that? Yeah, I thought that was like a that was like a good result. Like it wasn't out of the park sort of result, I think. I think if I was like third or fourth, I would have been like really happy, but it wasn't by no means a bad result. Like I was very happy with it and Don't don't forget the people listening that out of all the sports in the Commonwealth Games, athletics is probably the hardest one. Yeah. Because you've got the African <laughs> nations. Yeah. In like there's still Kenya and. Um, it's like world class athletes. Uganda and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like the Commonwealth Games is, you know, is sometimes seen as a lesser event, but mm. not in athletics. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always hard when you're, like, we're in the village and the, the swimmers are walking around, mm. you know, with back problems because they've got so many medals hanging off their necks <laughs> and. 
it's just like you know yeah. their biggest competition is uh, America. America. So yeah. once they're out of it, it becomes a little easier. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's certainly pretty tough still for us. Mm. So yeah, the, the the guys that were first and second at Commonwealth Games were also first and second at the World Championships, mm. and then so the guy was first again in this World Championship. So says a lot, doesn't it? But yeah, it's it's tough. So yeah, I mean. It's a good result. I was, I was yeah, happy. When you put yeah. it in that perspective. Yeah, it, yeah. It, uh, it, it speaks volumes of what you can achieve. And mm. So one of the questions I really want to hear is, if I look at sports around the world, let's just say tennis, a lot mm. of the really good uh, tennis players have come from really hard life background and it's their avenue out of poverty. Yep. Um, you yep. know, the so a lot of the communist countries... Um, the, the you know the Russians or the they've been really um, struggling to to have a f- really functional life and mm. if if you know they're talented gymnast or talented t- tennis player or or golfer it's their it's almost like their ticket to to a better lifestyle and so therefore their desire to to perform is based on survival rather yeah. than um, an Australian athlete or an american athlete who has a very privileged life hasn't got that survival instinct do, do you see do you see much value in in that comparison um yeah i think when you're getting off the ground a little bit yeah certainly it's uh is the hunger the same yeah. for you as it would be for a uh i'm just i think of cycling a you know a, a guy who comes from an italian countryside yeah like anything you know it's hard to say because i you know being australian we're so lucky so i can't it's hard to it's really hard to put yourself in in Mm. those shoes but i can i imagine they've got a you know pretty big fire burning to get themselves out like you hear stories about um some of the kenyans that have ended up in america and they you know getting looked after pretty well financially and they look. They end up bringing their whole families out and all mm. that. So it's obviously life changing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It means a lot to for them, and yeah, I think yeah, talent talent alone gets you so far. Like I've seen a lot of talented guys not make it. So yeah, you got to have that that desire. And I imagine a guy that's really really is running for their life probably has a bit a uh, mm. bit more to run for. But yeah, I. It's kind of um, the World Championships final always an Olympic final. It's always a pretty good mix of. Obviously, there's three Kenyans usually yeah. always, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, it's mm. usually a pretty good mix of like people and backgrounds. Like there's mm. a couple of Polish guys that are really good right yeah. now, and they're probably yeah. coming from. It, it, it's always intrigued sort of, me that we don't have the you know we don't have a lot of really world class athletes in Australia and America, and I wonder whether the correlation between the desire and the hunger. Mm. Um, oh yeah, it could be, could be. Um, I'm just guessing. It's just something I've, I've often thought about. That the guys who who need it more, yeah, want it more, and and achieve it more. Um, mm. Do you think there's better, like better systems happening somewhere else? I mean, obviously the Kenyans have the genetic advantage, but yeah, um, like when you think about which countries are doing well, like the Polish guys, have they come through a really good system, or is it just? Oh uh, yeah, like the, there's a, the Polish like middle distance right now for like how small the country is and. Yeah, batting yeah. above themselves, aren't they? Yeah, unbelievable. There's a couple of guys in the in the middle distance. They're just ridiculous. I don't know how they're doing it. Mm. Like they're just they're they're like you know some of them are kind of old. Like one of them's like 35 or something. Mm. And 
still winning medals and stuff like Lewandowski he's Athletes. an absolute jet yeah yeah <laughs> exactly. no I, and like he's a he's a really good guy like, I've met him a bunch guy, and yeah. like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I would uh, I'd be very surprised if yeah. if you know he had a little extra help yeah no, even the Belgium the, the brothers um, the Ballies yeah yeah I mean that's fantastic right? yeah they're doing Belgium such a small country it's such a cycling dominated country yeah. to have these gun runners um, they've actually they've got a, they've got probably the the biggest diamond league there Brussels yeah, have, like it's they? a really big one yeah um, they love this sport in Belgium yeah like I couldn't believe it. I ran there in um, 2017 I ran in Brussels and couldn't believe it like it was mm. it was like a Passionate. like we have a football game yeah. they have pack out an athletics meet which yeah. is yeah. it's crazy you never get yeah. to see anything like that yeah it's fantastic you've probably run in a lot of stadiums that well, not a lot but you've run in um, stadiums full of people which is pretty exciting as a professional athlete like that's what you want to do yeah like there's been some really cool actually noosa noosa bolt is actually one of the best one yeah, of the best races crowd. to do because yeah. it's just because they have it the day before everyone's mm-hmm. going to drop their bikes off and see the uh little mm-hmm. festival yeah and they all end up watching it's mm-hmm. actually pretty cool like, there's people the whole way and mm-hmm. which you just don't get that you'd thrive off that wouldn't you yeah oh, yeah you love yeah, that yeah. yeah that's what we do for yeah yeah no it's really cool but um i think the best Obviously, Gold Coast because it was the Com Games fifteen hundred finals on the last day, and it was mm, like packed. absolutely packed. And mm. you know, you, I did a stride around the bend, and cheers. You just, but it's not just cheers. It's like I reckon I had a hundred times. Come on, Jordy! I'm like personal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like really, it's it's quite nice to. Yeah, it's really cool. It's very different. Makes and then, it worth it. All the training you do. And, yeah, yeah, and like obviously, London, like in the UK, they have really good fans. So mm. London World Champs and Diamond League and stuff. Mm crazy you can't hear anything when you're running mm. so yeah there's some awesome awesome places to run definitely hopefully you'll get it in tokyo yeah, yeah. do you feel uh like you're blessed to have a lifestyle like this is it something you've thought about that you know or is it too early in your as a 27 year old yeah um yeah yes and no i say i say no because it is a lot of hard work so you know it's a fair you give up a lot to mm to do it so I don't think it's as much blessed as you think but I think it's more like a lot of it for me has been the right place at the right time mm. like I've just been associated with certain people that have you know mm. give me a nudge in whichever direction that's really worked for me so probably more blessed in the people I've known rather than being in the sport right. so yeah. much yeah yeah you've got to have the talent to to get to those opportunities though so you've certainly got that and uh and one of the things that uh, we wanted to get you on board was to, to show people what, it, you know, let people hear what it's like to be a professional runner. Um, yeah. And what sacrifices you make and how, how, we didn't really touch on a lot of your training sessions, you know, how hard you train. Um, we did interview Julian Painter, who's an, who you know is an Olympian, mm. and he touched a lot on some of the grueling training sessions. Oh, that, yeah. That they used to do back in the day. Um, <laughs> But, I'm uh, sure they'll tell you it was way harder than whatever the, the kids <laughs> do on these days. Yeah, so it's really been good to get a, an insight into what makes you tick and um, and how you go about approaching. Uh, and it's really good for listeners to hear. You know, a lot of the guys are full time workers. They've got families. Mm. Um, you've still got to have the consistency, the dedication, no matter what level you're at, don't you, um, to get a, an outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I also love what you said about the fact that you just love running and we've interviewed three pros or ex-pros now um, on the podcast and you know Julian, Tim and Geordie, you've all said, talked about the love for mm. the feeling you get of just you know being as fit as possible and whether it's cycling, running or 
triathlon or any sport you're doing but yeah that's that love that keeps you going yeah no definitely it's a very perfectionist sort of sport so yeah that's what you're aiming for yeah. <laughs> yeah. you've got to have a passion though don't you mm. you've got to you've got to love what you're doing yeah um, and i've always said to all the guys if you don't enjoy what you're doing you're not going to be successful you've got to want to get out there every day and improve mm. and if you don't have that passion that's okay but you won't get the the results you're after um, yeah and that, and that doesn't happen overnight either i don't think mm. you just well there's probably people that just love it to love it but i don't know i've sort of probably there was heaps of days when we were younger and stuff you know oh, i can't be bothered doing mm. run today when you're a mm. kid and stuff mm. and you just yep you grow to love it mm. yeah, yeah definitely yeah. Mm. yeah yeah we might wrap it up there this was good. by far the longest we've done sorry to keep it so long but it was so oh, good how long is it in our 40s <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah so honestly it was so nah, good, nah, that, all good um we just wanted to get i wanted to give us some questions and hearing um <laughs> hopefully everyone listening got as much out of it as we did because i know you enjoyed that yeah as well. look it's great to, to catch up on what you've been oh, doing yeah. in those periods where i've I've been watching you from afar, knowing you as a little nine-year-old <laughs> winning eight hundreds around the track, and uh, and seeing yeah, seeing what happened at uh, at college, at uni, and um, and what your your aspirations are now. It's 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 going to be something. A lot of people who have listened to this are going to be cheering for you, Geordie, to oh, yeah. to awesome. get that uh, spot. And um, and who knows, um, you know, it doesn't always pan out, but you're in there trying. So um, yeah, good luck with that. Awesome. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. All good. And that's it. Thank you, Jordan Williams. Uh, We'll see everyone next time.